This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. is the number to call. You can text and WhatsApp us on 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Caroline and Uma with you. It is Talk Back Thursday, and we're talking today about our kids, those darn kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> okay. About a week ago, uh, the EIU, that's the Economist Intelligence Unit, released the results of a report that looks at how well a country prepares its younger generations for an ever-changing future economy, especially, uh, sorry, essentially, how well a country uh, future-proofs their people. Right, so our friends down south... Singapore, of course, came in uh, tops in Asia and fifth overall um, across the 35 economies surveyed. Uh, On the other end of the spectrum, Indonesia came in at number 34. Right, and how did we do? Yeah, we weren't, um, as far as I know, on the list. Okay, and in discussing the survey, well, we had some pretty interesting (laughs) debates on why we didn't make the cut. So if you think about areas where young Malaysians excel, we don't have to look very far, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have uh, debating champions, SEA Games medalists, uh, world-renowned musicians and filmmakers. You know, even that 23-year-old girl who received the Queen's uh, Young Leaders Medal, I think that was from... Queen Elizabeth II for her work in advocacy and um, aid for refugees here in Malaysia. So clearly, we do have top-class talent uh, in our midst. Yes, but you have to wonder if they're exceptions rather than the rule. Mm. And it only takes a glance at any news portal to send shivers down the spine. We've seen rising cases of serious juvenile crimes and school indiscipline, gangsterism, rape, and all the struggles of you know life after school yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. Poor command of the English language, yeah. poor graduate employment. Employability. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, there were reports of how many uh, young Malaysians are working legally abroad. We talked about this, right? Because they can't get work at home. So, you know, if you look at it through that lens, it's a pretty bleak picture. Yeah. So the question is, what does this all actually mean for young Malaysians? How, how well have we prepared or, you know, set up our youth for the future? Have they been well equipped with the tools they'll need to make it out in the big bad wolf? Uh, big bad wolf? Big bad world. <laughs> Sorry. Big bad world. Because... <laughs> I will huff and I will puff and I will blow blow this down. down. Now, uh, because there are so many instances where Malaysians also do well for themselves, right? In spite of setbacks and limitations. And and what 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 do they do right? I mean, why is it some kids succeed within the system and some don't? Yeah, and you know. I think it's a very valid question because if the Economist Intelligence Unit is doing these sorts of surveys and if countries are coming out tops and who are not even on that list, it is something we should seriously start thinking about. Right. So uh, call us and um, answer this question. Do you think Malaysia is a good country for kids to grow up in? Do you, do you think that our youth have good opportunities to, to thrive? Do we equip them with the tools they need to succeed in the big bad wolf? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know, it's an important. Uh, it's also an important question, um, Caroline, because this is part of the argument or reasoning that leads to brain drain. That mm. leads to parents who tell their children, "No la, leave when you can and don't come back." Yeah, right. Absolutely. And 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 a lot of the time, I have to wonder as well about those parents and you know whether you've done everything that's humanly possible to prepare your children for uh, the big bad wolf or the big bad world. <laughs> now, talk to us on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can WhatsApp us on zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Is Malaysia a good country for kids to grow up in? That's what we're asking you today, and uh, we've also got a Twitter poll going, uh, which asked the same question uh, and very three simple answers: yes, no, so so. <laughs> Those are the options you yeah. have, right? Uh, we've got the who coming your way with the kids are all right, or are they, on BFM 89.9. Time for the four T's. Tweet, text, talk, talk back on BFM 89.9. Good evening, Caroline and Uma with you. It's Talk Back Thursday. 0377109000 is the number to call. WhatsApp us on 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You know, we heard the who just now with the kids are all right. Mm. The question we're asking you today is whether we're all right, whether Malaysia is all right and the best place to raise your kids, Mm. right? Is Malaysia a good country for kids to grow up in? That's the question we're asking you today. And we've got Sharin on the line. Sharin, you say we're turning kids into academic robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? Very well. well thank, thank you. you. So basically, as I said, we are turning our kids into academic robots. We focus so much on, on academic. The school is focusing much more on academic rather than developing them mm-hmm. into a human being. So when you have that culture, the whole family, the whole education, ministry education, everybody, university, everything is stressed on academic. When you grow up, what do you want to be? Sharon, do you have children? I have. I have two children. And so with that in mind and that, you know, feeling the way that you do, um, I mean, what have you done or what can you do um, in your own household with your kids uh, to make sure that the focus isn't on, you know, grades um, and My acting? wife told me that she would rather host, uh, homeschool my, my, my children. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife I joined, I'm going to join political parties. <laughs> that seems like a really slow approach. Like, I think the homeschooling might work better for you, <laughs> Sharon. The, the thing is that I I I, I was a teacher before. Mm-hmm. I was in university before. Yeah. When and I and I what can I say is that when when I joined in university political party university, I see seems that there's 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 a certain force within 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 those in power to help our children behave in a certain way mm. and not fulfilling their human being capacity as a human being. That's, that's the only thing. So them they, they can function accordingly but not fulfill the desired uh, achievement that they should be. Right. That's so, the whole thing. So that's, that's I suppose, um, you know, looking at education. Overall, though, do you believe that Malaysia is a good country for your kids to be growing up in? Of course. We have iCloud here, everywhere. So it's going to be <laughs> a good place, you know. I, yes. I cannot run away from this country. Uh, one way or another, I need to develop this country for, my, for myself, for my kids. At least fight for it. 
make it better for the future generation. That's all. You right. cannot run away. That's that's, that, that's really in me Malaysia. inspirational, Sharon. It is. Yes. It, it is. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, very thank you very much. much for your call. I think it's inspirational, but also, you know, I mean, you have to think pragmatically, right? We we can't we can't live on love and Aikulapa alone. Um, so, you know, what's yes, important? yes, we can. Yes, we can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I think and. I don't want to preempt this, but I think it might happen. I think uh, we're going to get a lot of talk about people loving to stay here because of the food. I mean, that's a very good reason why Malaysia is a good country to raise anyone, right? <laughs> but oh, and, and we're a diabetic nation. Let's we we are a diabetic nation. So I don't know whether nation. it's a good reason. This is not a healthy reason. So Sharon touched on education, um, and I think that's a very... Uh, important aspect, but of course, you know, there's it, it, there's a lot more stuff. It goes well beyond just education uh, to whether or not a country is a good place to raise your kids. So Zephyr says a kid's upbringing has got nothing to do with where they are; it's who they're with. He tweeted that, and I suppose that points to environmental factors, right? It includes uh, the ability of those around them to put forward abundant uh, opportunities. And are we living in a state uh, that encourages that kind of dynamism? You know, growth prospect. Specs, I guess, and if you feel that these opportunities are limited, then doesn't it go back to you know where we are and if Malaysia is indeed a good country to raise our kids in? Correct. Uh, we've got Jeevan on the line uh, who is trying to answer that question for us. He says Malaysia is a good country, but not doing enough. What do you mean, Jeevan? Uh, okay. The the question to me is that two parts. Uh, whether the kid grows up well in this country, yes. Mm. Besides the food, besides uh, the environment. Uh, besides the bad wolves out there, still a good country to grow up. But not all the schools are preparing the kids for the future. Mm. They are cramming them with uh, memorize, 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 do the test. Well, what do you think? What do you think they should be, um, you know, educated doing? In, yeah. Just so, so that they okay. will be, you know, future proven and well prepped for the big bad world. You see, Uma. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, like how I went through, it was an open book exam. So whether you put 10 points, you still fail. What you need to do is apply the points. And the bad wolf will give you full marks. And, and we're not teaching people how to apply themselves. No. Tell you the truth, no. Because when I uh, first went to the college, first semester, everybody in the whole term failed. Because what we did was we memorized and put everything and we failed. But they expected it. Then they told us, go read the newspaper, go ask questions, how to apply the point. So instead of memorizing it, uh, the person or the, or the student thinks how, thinks with his brain, not yeah. with memory power. All right. You're, you're absolutely right. Thank you so much, Jeevan. Thank you for your call. You know... Um, it's interesting because education, yes, the system, what we, te- what we teach people in school, it, it sets us up, right? But um, I just want to broaden the discussion just a little bit because we also have to talk about the environment. So I guess when the EIU were doing the survey, um, they were saying that, you know, some of these countries that they surveyed who made it to the top of the list create spaces where children are allowed to thrive. Mm-hmm. And that's just beyond, that's beyond schools, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there could be um, sufficient 
parks and playgrounds. Yeah. There could be, um, 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 I guess, things beyond academics, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. Focus on health, focus on sport, for example, arts and diet. culture. Yeah, yeah, there are plenty, plenty of things. I mean, uh, when it comes to education, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, what uh, Jeevan and Sharon sort of pointed out. Right? How do, so, you know, you have a student asking, for example, how do I raise a family? And the teacher answers, you know, let me teach you about fractions. <laughs> right? <laughs> No. You get what I mean? I, I think I can learn about families from fractions. I'm trying to put it together in my brain right now. You don't know how to apply. Is that exactly. right? yeah. We've got Nicole on the line. Uh, Nicole, you disagree with the premise in general. Tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Uma. Hi. Um, yes. So um, I think first and for all, like, we have to understand that you are, you're asking every time parents, you know, what does it mean uh, for children, have to prepare their children. I think you should yes. be asking children themselves. Yeah. It's, it's not so much about success, you know, because you're only talking about a capitalistic uh, system in which, you know, obviously some urbanites will be able to try it and obviously uh, different children, you know, because there are different dreams out there. There are different ways of living. Correct. There are different means of what success means. There are yep. different means of what fulfillment means. Yeah. And I think to, you know, clump it all up and say, oh, have we prepared our children? Uh, I think, you know, what What world are we talking about? Are we talking about a world with war uh, and climate change? Uh, what does it mean to say, what is it? Are we, is, is Malaysia a good country to raise our children? Mm. Because war and climate change affects all countries on earth. So is the world that adults have left for us even a, a viable world for children to live in? For and sure. My, yeah, and my final, final thing uh, is that on uh, eye clapper and education. Uh, <laughs> eye clapper, you see, see, this is what I'm trying to tell you, you know. There are different worlds out there, different ways in which children are educated and taught. There are different meanings of what success means. Indeed. Indeed. You know, it's Nic- not produced necessarily on the, on the yeah. Nicole, so I, I think we know where you're going, but what's your definition then? What do you think uh, is important for um, you know, children to, to, to learn about? What should, we, what should they value? I think the like I think I would quote Arundhati Roy like what she says. I think the only dream worth having and to teach our children is to be truly alive while we are alive, mm-hmm. and to only be dead when we are dead. And I think a lot of our children are dead while they are alive, and 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 that's what's happening. They could be successful. They could have tons of money in their bank. They could have a good job, but they're just hollow. You know, hooligans who are just walking on the surface. They're not alive, and that's the problem within this capitalistic. Framework, I find. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you very yes, much so, for your call, Nicole. Yes, um, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I can see when Nicole is. Um, How do you measure success? It's a, it's an important question. No, it is an important question, and it comes down to definitions. And we all have different definitions of you know what what we deem, uh, I guess, uh, to be successful. We do. Unfortunately, Nicole is also right when uh, you know. <laughs> This idea of the, success the being day. measured by money and 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 position and fame, mm. it's but is it's it inescapable? It, it feels that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, is it realistic to not think about that at all? Um, you know, is it is it possible to future proof your kids um, without being savvy in that sense? Yeah, how do you strike a happy balance? Yeah. Right, I don't know if anyone's actually figured that out. <laughs> God knows Singapore hasn't figured it out, and they're right up there on top of the list, lah. <laughs> um, we've got. Let's go to our next call. Um, hello, mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, you say know. that Malaysia has lost the plot. What do you mean? Because when I was growing up and when I was in school, we really were trained to think about our future without, uh, you know, being excellent in studies and things like that. Now, I can only tell about myself because when we were 
uh, in Form 5. We had an exam to go to get into Form 6. And I didn't pass that exam. My sister did and I didn't. And my our, our headmistress and our teachers called up in uh, one by one and said, look, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world if you don't get into Form 6. Uh, you can actually, there are so many things that you can do. There are strengths that you have. And everyone sat down and didn't give us the gloom and doom, but to- told us so many other things and other things that we could do with ourselves and and the, the strengths that we had. But then, we while we were in school, we also learned about living with other cultures and other religions, which is completely lost in our schools in this day. And why, um, look, I'm one of the trustees of the Yayasam Rajamuda Slango. And let me tell you, we have, over the last 15 years, uh, trained more than 1,500 kids who most probably would have ended up in supermarkets, uh, you know, uh, stacking tins. But all of them... They were school dropouts. They're school dropouts because they didn't pass their Form 5. Mm. But today, none of them are earning less than 2,000, and that's the minimum. There are kids who have gone out and become owners of uh, 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 car mechanics, who become owners of their own shops. We recently had a kid who didn't pass his Form 5, but only passed two subjects, and that was English and art. And uh, he now became a chef. He's a cordon bleu chef who just cooked for the sultan in August. So what are we doing? We we concentrate on academics and think that everything is based on academics. No. Kids have so much of skill. They don't they it's just that the teachers and the educators and the parents don't look at what their passion is. Yeah. What uh, is their passion? Yeah, and I think that's a very important question to ask. Uh, thank you very passion? much, Mother. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, a uh, uh, Passion aside, it's also a question of how do you tap into and develop that passion, yeah, right? Yeah, because so that's the thing, right? So um, uh, uh, I think according to Nicole a little earlier, so we're you know we're raising we're raising children, and and she feels that they're sort of dead inside. And I think that's what Nicole was alluding to. But how does that actually translate into something tangible that we can apply? Uh, uh, yes, exactly. And I don't know if any of these countries that we were talking about um, have you know there were Scandinavian countries on that list, you know, who have topped the list of preparing mm-hmm. the students um, or children and of course it's going to vi- it's going to change on a country to country basis based on I guess the cultures and societal norms of that country too yeah and also having said that um, I guess where would you rather have grown up perhaps uh, you know you can share oh, that with us that's a tough question mm. uh, oh, where Joseph. would you rather not grow up oh, yeah Joseph that's an easier question actually yeah, so. uh, we have Joseph on the line uh, Joseph you say we have hope in terms of character building what do you mean Hey guys. Hi. Uh, so basically, I just want to echo what your mom said as well as listening in. And it's very interesting that, I mean, Malaysians, I think as a general whole, we, we don't take things, things don't just fall into our lap. Uh, basically, we have to work hard, we have to, you know, find ways. So I think in terms of just, not just education, we're also training up a generation, I mean, if, if they apply it properly, a generation that has grit, that has perseverance. And these are things that, you know, uh, they can't teach in school and it's actually based on your character. How do we train up the next, the, the kids, basically, their character, and hopefully the school, the syllabus can be more catered towards getting the students to think more critically, to work together, to learn how to work with other people. Mm. And uh, just to echo one of the uh, articles I saw, it was just like a, I think it was on Twitter, one of the, United, uh, in the UK, in the UK or US, one of the teachers, the lecturers, was saying that how a 
amazed she was that the like, the students actually like they started the Google Docs on the, in the class and they were real timing like taking down notes and they were like to capture everything. So it's like these kind of collaborative thinking that actually we can prepare. Yeah, we can prepare our university students, prepare our our kids to actually just thought before thinking and just be not so you know within that box and just memorize and regurgitate, but instead look at it critically and think how can we you know how can we better the system? How can we you know improve one another? How can we uh, collaborate? How can we uh, think of new ideas? So I'm thinking that you know Malaysia we are we have a lot of things to improve on in terms of education. But Carry on. Yeah, but but I mean, this kind of scenario is also a good way of seeing where we can improve and learning from other developed countries. Where did they go wrong? How did they do do? How did they proceed their education system? So, from having this kind of system, I think it's not not gloom and doom. We have hope for it in our country, and we can actually, hopefully, with parents thinking, you know, it's not just all about the grades. It's about character, because I think character gets you much more further than grades. I think you're absolutely right, Joseph. Character does get you much more further than grades. God knows, you know, you're talking to me, aren't you? (laughs) I did horribly in school. No, you did not. No, you did not. (laughs) Call us on 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us on 018789889. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, More Talk Back Thursday after the news. Don't go anywhere. This is the Evening Edition on BFM 89.9. Time for the four T's. Tweet, text, talk, talk back on BFM 89.9. Caroline and Uma with you. It is Talk Back Thursday on the evening edition. You can call us on 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us on 018789 And you can tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you today about whether Malaysia is a good country for our kids to grow up in. And this is off a story from the Economist Intelligence Unit that kind of ranked uh, countries all across the world as uh, at how well they prepare their younger generation for the future. Are we future-proofing our kids enough? Well, not as well as Singapore is. Uh, so they're the number one in Asia, apparently. Fifth overall in the world? Fifth overall in the world. Well, out of the oh, sorry, 35, 35 economies, economies that were surveyed, right? Yes, we were not. We were not included on the list. Um, we have a poll that's running as well, asking whether or not Malaysia is a good country for children to grow up in. Um, the answers are yes, of course it is. Nope, get them out. And um, it's okay. So we've got 536 votes in so far. Twenty about 21. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. And a very thin margin, though. So 21% saying yes, 19% saying nope, 60%. I don't know. It's pretty optimistic. It's okay. Lah. You know, it's because of the Ayaklapa. That's is. why, that's why the 60% are like... Okay lah, I got a uh, We've got Amril on the line. Amril, thank you so much for holding. Um, you say it's more about the role of parents than the system. Tell us more. Uh, hi guys. Hello. Uh, okay, iClapper uh, aside, uh, I've been following the discussion uh, just now. So there's been a lot of focus on the environment, the education system, yes, everything. Yeah. yeah, but there's not much being said about the role of parents themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm a parent mm-hmm. and I'm a firm believer of um, acting within the the boundary of the things that I can I can yeah. control. Acting within, okay. yeah. Right. So when people say about education system, about the teachers, about the syllabus, everything, those are the things that that are beyond my control. Mm. What I can control is are the values that I try to imbue into my children. Yes. Mm-hmm. So right now nowadays you can learn from so many sources. There's no like 
there's unless you're living in North Korea and you don't have any internet at all, you can learn so much from memes, from videos, from Facebook and everything. And cultures cut across all nations in the world right now. So culture has been globalized. So if you go to like, let's say you go to a KFC or McDonald's these days, there are still people who, when we're dining out with the whole family, parents don't tell the children to clean up for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. So is it is it? Do you blame the country? Do you blame the education system when the parents themselves don't try, don't put any effort into putting those kind of values into the children? But do you feel that that's the case necessarily, Amril, that parents uh, don't invest that kind of time or don't prioritize, uh, you know, teaching their kids these values? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure because, okay, I'm, I'm living in an urban uh, urban society right now. So what, from my observation, is there's something like a... Uh, outsourcing kind of culture happening with the parents right now. Okay. Yeah. At, at home, we have we have the maids looking after the kids. At school, we expect the teachers to look and teach after the kids. Mm-hmm. And at night, when we come back home, we only have like a two-hour max with the kids. Yeah. And most of the time, it will be something like a me time. So, kids, don't bother me. I'm tired. I am just came back from work. Yeah. So, don't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. But, but definitely, parents, okay, let's say... Well, at what age does kids go to school? Let's say if you five. Go kindergarten early, yeah, oh, five, you go early for yeah. yeah, right. But what what happens beyond that? Even at kindergarten, they are not supposed to be learning that much. Actually, they should be playing more than they are learning, right? So, uh, what, how about the role of parents here? So, let's say let's say you don't have any influence from the age of one until the age of five or six. Right, mm-hmm. so perhaps the parents' role is much more important than we realize in preparing for these kids to go into school. Yeah, hey, I, Uma, I, I believe you've read economics, right? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, the two authors, Dubner and Levitt, point out this. Levitt, they point out this really interesting fact when studying about the education system in US and everything. They point out the reason that the education system is failing over there is not because of themselves. But because of the parents and the way they run their homes and the environment that the kids live in. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, think yeah, that I, there's... Yeah, I, I don't know whether that's necessarily uh, the case here. I think it's uh, more pragmatic to look across the board, right? You, you Yes, you look at the parents, but also the education system. Um, uh, I would like to agree with you with that. But definitely, okay, definitely, I came back to my point. Okay, at what... At, at which, at what point do you start your case? Let's say if you go, you keep blaming all the school and school SDK, yeah. whatever. What about those start? early years, those first six years, mm-hmm. when you've actually, um, you know, when when you are the only one, right? There's no one else before yeah. that, right? So, okay, so um, you're talking about early yeah. early childhood and, education know, specific. I think yes, I, th- I think okay. I agree with that. I mean, I think hmm. there is a tendency. I'm not saying all parents do it, but yeah. for a lot of parents, um, to um, well, for what Amrul was saying. Uh, take a hands-on approach as soon as they start sending kids to school. And I don't blame them, right? Sometimes they go to work, do a kerja, tika kerja, just to make ends meet. For sure. And, and maybe you think, you know what, maybe these, you know, the teachers have got it sorted out and maybe I can do this so I can support my family. It, it's a very complicated thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I do agree with Amril with regards to parents playing a role, um, especially with regards to um, just placing the blame solely on the education system. Right, some messages. Uh, this one's from Theshi saying, our education system is built to create just bricks on the wall. You need to stop seeing students as future employees along a conveyor belt. Shuk says, if there's no choice, okay lah, perhaps we can see better the inclination whether towards yes or no. 
All right. We've got, we've got Kenneth on the line. Um, hey, Kenneth, uh, thank you so much for calling. Kenneth, you actually work at the Ministry of Education and you wanted to talk about some of MOE's initiatives. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Hi, hey, guys. hey, hey. Good evening. I, I yeah, won't ask so, you the question like, whether Malaysia is a good country for kids to grow up in because you're going to say yes, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to say that you believe in it and that's why you're working in the education system, right? Okay, come on. <laughs> Um, I, uh, just a little bit of background. I was actually from the private sector in consulting, and I kind of joined uh, the performance and delivery unit. Oh, uh, cool. Unit that, yeah, the unit that's currently looking after the entire transmission of the Malaysian education sector. So I just wanted to paint a larger picture of the problem in hand for everyone involved, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would love to. I always love to quote this particular statistic because I find it to be really compelling. The World Economic Forum actually in the 2016 report, the Future of Jobs report, actually uh, predicted that 65% of all primary students today will work in jobs that don't yet exist. Yeah, so that statistic kind of puts everything to perspective in the sense that we, uh, the education sector, as well as the parents and the community, have to work together to prepare our kids for such an uncertain future where the skills required for the future of work has not yet been kind of defined yet. Right. So, yeah, so in the ministry, we actually acknowledge this. And, I mean, a large portion of the responsibility to get our kids uh, ready for the 21st century is, is with the education sector. So we've actually took a step back and thought about what are the core fundamental principles or skills that every student, regardless of race, religion, or socioeconomic background should have. Mm-hmm. And we kind of pin it down to five. So creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and values and ethics. So these are kind of what we call as the main standards, the standard asas, pembelajaran abad ke-21. And how well are those values uh, then translated? Or how are so, they translated, in your opinion? So, yeah, so how we are translating that into the education system is through three main prongs. The curriculum, the pedagogy, and the way we assess. So the curriculum has been revised to incorporate things like higher order thinking skills, creativity into the curriculum. So that's, so that's something that we have already invested in and uh, are currently deploying. Pedagogy-wise, we are training our teachers to uh, incorporate problem-solving uh, methods or project-based methods into conducting the classroom. So you, I have actually personally seen class, uh, schools nationwide where kids are no longer sitting uh, facing the teacher, but organized in groups where the teachers are facilitators rather than uh, right. instructors. Yeah, And then the way we assess is something that we are trying to roll out in the sense that we want to assess the kids in a holistic sense. So, so that's where... Yeah, sorry? No, Kenneth, I, I just want to say, I mean, you know, I, I think yeah. I applaud these initiatives, mm-hmm. but the question that I have, of course, is mm-hmm. how fast are we coming along? I mean, are we moving fast enough? Because... You know, when we look at the statistics, the other statistics of how Malaysia ranks and so on, we seem to be falling behind. Uh, I beg to differ because recently, the the most recent TIMS, uh, TIMS uh, which is Trends in Mathematics and Science Assessment, and also the PISA scores by OECD, has indicated that Malaysia has improved in higher order thinking skills mm-hmm. uh, from reading, the perspective of reading, math and science. Mm-hmm. So there are gains, but I kind of, I, I totally agree that we need to step it up and accelerate system improvement towards uh, getting our kids getting our kids to a proper pace. So with that, uh, in, so with of, yeah. that, that in mind, Kenneth, then what is, uh, what, what's the hold up? Like, uh, in your opinion, what's the yeah. biggest hurdle? What's the biggest hurdle, I guess, is also uh, an, an issue of uh, 
responsibility setting. So I, I, I love the fact that some of your callers actually accepted the fact that the community, the parents, has to take some responsibility in fostering a conducive environment for mm-hmm. their children as well. Yeah, so I think the previous caller uh, quoted a study done by African, uh, one of the economic That's right. Yeah, yeah so actually, uh, Professor Dubner indi- uh, had tried run a preschool in which they specifically had a learning academy for the the students enrolled in that preschool for with the the kids parents as well. So and they indicated they the studies actually showed that parents that actually uh, participated well enough attended all the particular classes in that particular learning academy, which teaches the uh, parents on how to educate the children, how to interact with that children outside of the class. Actually, did far better than the kids that whose parents had a more nonchalant, more uh, kind yeah. of hands-off so, approach, so, right? Which is fair enough. So would you say, yeah. just finally, that all courses then need to step up? Exactly. All courses need to step up. And we would love to work together with uh, parties such as BFM to further spread awareness on what the parents and what the community can, what the community can do. So actually, I would like to ask BFM if uh, we... Uh, I, I mean, I would have to clear it with my, my bosses and stuff like that. But <laughs> Clearly. If we are... If we are able to come and come and kind of do help you guys with a help you guys out with a segment, on, we'll we'll on get our we'll get our producers to get your details yeah, and uh, keep in touch. Uh, do stay on the line and speak to them after this. Uh, but thank yeah, you very much, lovely, Kenneth, lovely. Uh, for your call and for I guess clarifying and and, and explaining the initiatives yeah. that are currently going on as well with the Ministry of Education and yeah. Pumandu. And sometimes you know it really helps to hear from insiders because you know when we, so it's important to hear from parents because we need to know what the results. Yes. Are from that kind of work, but we very rarely get to hear from, say, the ministries themselves. Right? And, and also because I think those initiatives, what Kenneth was saying, you know, the initiatives are in place, it's a slow process, and uh, it's going to take time. And I think uh, people need to know what's out there and what's being done, and also recognize the fact that it's going to take time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call us on 0377109000, you can WhatsApp us on 018789 you can tweet us at BFM Radio. More talk back after these messages on BFM. You there? Open your mouth and talk! It's Talkback Time on BFM 89.9. It is indeed. Caroline and Uma with you. 0377109000 is the number to call. 018789 is the number to text or WhatsApp and tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you today whether Malaysia is a good country for your kids to grow up in. Um, and, you know, we've got a varied responses, but most of them so far have centered around the education system. Yep. Well, here's one that doesn't say, but, but it starts off by saying, apart from poor education, I feel that Malaysia is not a safe place like Singapore unlike Singapore or Japan where here children don't have the freedom to move about on their own so I suppose safety and security not looking uh, too optimistic for some parents alright we have Fabian on the line hey Fabian uh, school system still very grades based is what you say what is it sorry come again I uh, know you said that school systems are very grade based that's the problem uh, yeah I mean I have to agree with most of the other callers who, who spoke before this. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has touched on a lot of different stuff. Some of them with lots of facts from data and stuff. But how many parents uh, you know, have access to all this data? Uh, I'm going to talk uh, a bit about me growing up in a kampung. Mm. So I grew up in a kampung uh, for the first six years of my life. Right. And then I moved. I mean, I'm from Penang, but I've been working in KL for the past 10 years. 
And when I went to secondary school, the one thing I noticed is that it's still very much grade-based. Um, parents have this mindset that you have got to be in the science stream. Art stream is always, uh, you know, it's always put aside. And even the teachers put that into the, the, the minds of the children. They're like, you know, for example, when I did my PMR, when I was done with my PMR, the teachers were like, oh, you did well, you got to be in the art stream. And then I was like, uh, but I don't, you know, you got to be in the science stream, but I don't like science. Right. You know, and they were like, oh, no, you have to do science because you did well. Why do you want to do arts? And they actually <laughs> came to my house what to speak to, to my parents. To convince your parents. To convince my parents to put me in science. Yeah. And now I am a sports journalist. I'm, I'm a singer-songwriter at night. I've got nothing to do with science at all. <laughs> <laughs> you see, and, and, and what happens in schools, I mean, in public schools, what I notice is, um, when, 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 when all these, these students, these so-called uh, um, good grade students are always put in the science stream and then you're pushing those with lower grades uh, into the art stream and then sometimes you see teachers not paying enough attention to them and then you start noticing things like, you know, uh, social ills and all those kind of things yeah. coming from those classes. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, this is not the first time that, um, obviously, we're hearing this story. We've talked about this before. Um, and, you know, schools tend to do that. They divide, um, I suppose they divide the streams based on, you know, how, how well children do in, in exams. Still. Um, but, you know, that has, a, a, to me anyway, that has a terrible uh, effect on morale. Because you, you go into those classes thinking, you know, I'm not good enough. Yeah, but also Fabian, I mean, I guess he had the, uh, Fabian had the courage, I guess, to go off and do something different, right? To become that singer-songwriter to uh, become a sports journalist. A lot of people often get stuck in their vocations and, and don't leave. Absolutely. Uh, Loshani sent this message in saying, uh, in the case of grass, is always greener on the other side. Malaysia can be a better country. It isn't so great, but not deplorable either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, when we make those comparisons, what more do you want, love? We're not great, <laughs> but we're not deplorable. Uh, we've got Zach on the line. Uh, Zach, you say, uh, I guess yeah, one yeah. way, one solution is to have children within your means. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, guys. Good hi. evening. Uh, so what I'm going to say is going to be a bit controversial and it's going to anger a lot of people. But uh, I guess when, when you decide to have a children, please and please make sure you're really ready about it. It's not, it's not just about money. It's not just about economy. But it's about your time. It's about your commitment. It's about your mentality. Because a lot of these days, uh, there's, there's a few scenarios on this. Uh, a lot of people think that, oh, the more kids I have, the more rizuki I get, the more, the more I will get, will get back from God. Uh, they end up having uh, like uh, seven or eight kids or nine kids with a, like, a salary of only 1,005. Zach, in those, yeah. Yeah. Zach, can I ask you, though, do you think it's realistic to expect all parents to have all those things sorted in their minds before uh, they have kids, right? I think part of it is growing with the uh, child and learning how yeah, to deal with them. I, I, I think, I think, I think the, the first kid definitely is. Uh, I just had my first kid as well. Uh, the first kid is really an eye opener. I, I, I see things a lot differently. But but, but did you think that you had prepared? The, did you think to yeah. yourself um, before you had your kid that you had prepared? I'm thoroughly? ready for one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would say if, if I could go through it all over again, then I would do things a lot differently. Mm. That, that's that's what, what ran into my mind. Yeah. But then again, sometimes you need that first or second kid uh, to, to have an eye opener. But then we have a case where the, the family is so large and the parents actually neglect their kids. Yeah. And they, they don't give any attention to their kids. Their kids are free to roam around, uh, go out at night or anything and, and, and do whatever they want. 
who they went out with. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not my problem. It's their problem. So yeah. that kind of mentality that 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 makes kids, uh, what do you say, uh, I guess they're not prepared, lost, uh, right? To, and yeah, they're very lost. Yeah. Uh, some kids who are very independent, obviously there's going to be that uh, those kinds who are very independent despite the struggles they can succeed. Yeah. But most of the kids who are more emotional, who need more support uh, in in certain things. They will become uh, lost and they will actually just yeah. will not grow up into it. You're right, Zach. I mean, not everyone is that well equipped, uh, mm. I guess, emotionally. And also because if your parents are not paying enough attention to you, where are you going to get that kind of equipment? Yeah, right? you're absolutely There's, right. You know, but my mind is stuck on, you know, so you have to have that first child, poor first child and trial and error child <laughs> is what it sounds like. It's true, though, right? I think all firstborns are trial and error. Yeah. Well, being a firstborn myself, I'm going to be very careful with how I remember. I'm just going to stay out of it. I'm, I'm going to say about right, right, Caroline? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I guess all of those things as a firstborn that you learn the hard way mm. put you in good stead to face the world. Well, this is what I tell my siblings all the time. Correct. My correct. small younger siblings. Yeah. We've got Victor on the line. Uh, Victor, <laughs> you're feeling very optimistic today, Victor. Why is that? <laughs> Hi, Caroline. Hi. Good evening. Okay, first two quotations, I think uh, there is a limit to everything. Iron ore cannot be educated into gold. This so say George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> and also this uh, quotation by Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that is really worth learning cannot be taught. Mm-hmm. So after listening to the gentleman from the uh, MOE, I suddenly feel this uh, optimistic because I think he identified all the right issues. Yeah. And what impressed me is he read Freakonomics. I thought, <laughs> I thought none, none uh, uh, these are at the MOE have read Freakonomics. So <laughs> I'm impressed. Maybe, maybe BFM should uh, invite these uh, more people from the relevant government. Who have read well, economics. Yeah, well, certainly, well, certainly he was suggesting that and we will be in touch with him. So, you know, I'm glad that you feel optimistic. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Thank you very much. It's, it's not often that Victor feels optimistic I when know. he calls in. So thank you very much, Victor. Lovely. And, and I guess well done, Kenneth, for turning that tide. Uh, we're asking you today, <laughs> today whether least. Malaysia today. is a good country for kids to grow up in. You can call us on 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us on 018789 And you can tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got Kay on the line. Uh, Kay, um, you say it's a great place to bring up children with the caveat of it being in principle, what do you mean? Uh, actually, not to say in principle. It's, it's a great place to bring out the kids. Um, and I'm, I'm sincere about it. Um, I'm not going to talk about education because I think there's enough people talking about it. We've covered it. Um, but you're more on the social and, and, and how you bring yourself in this yeah, no big bad world, really. Um, Malaysia, I think we, we are kind of exposed, as a children, exposed to a very, we're in a perilous time now, right? Um, we are all taught to watch our back, um, watch left and right before you cross the road. And, yeah. and even after you cross the road, you watch left and right behind and, and back because you don't know who's going to kidnap you. And, and I think these are all very good values, honestly, to teach my children, the children in the future because the world is going to be more and more dangerous, unfortunately. And I think um, how the Malaysian kids, honestly, if you ask me, mm-hmm. so they, stand, like, they stand a better chance to survive in the future. Uh, as compared to our, perhaps our neighbour. Yeah. Because we're so savvy and we know street how to watch street, yeah, street-wise. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are generally brought up to be very street smart. If we are not street smart, we can't survive 
Malaysia, lah, you know. Uh, I, I remember I've got an acquaintance who once told me, he's a Singaporean, he told me, he said, um, he feel very sorry for, for to his kid, lah, you know, in Singapore, because he feel that um, Singapore, I mean, it's a very good country, yes. Very, they are very systematic, they are very, you know, um, uh, process-driven and whatnot. Problem is, they don't encourage creative thinking. We, we are in such a difficult state, right, that the children generally, they will have to, I mean, we as an overall will need to um, be creative in trying to solve our own problems. You know, we, we make our own roads, may not be the best, but may not be the right way, but we find solutions on our own to get ourselves out of this of, uh, difficult situation. Yeah, I, know, I love I that idea, it's, okay. It's, it's the whole limitations breeds creativity. Correct, thing. we're in a such a terrible place, we have no choice, Caroline, <laughs> but to breed creativity. Uh, call us on 03-7710-9000. This is Talk Back Thursday. More about Malaysia being a good country to raise your kids after the news on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Psst. You there? Open your mouth and talk. It's Talk Back time on BFM 89.9. Caroline and Uma with you. It is Talk Back Thursday on the Evening Edition. You can call us on 03-771-09000. You can WhatsApp us on 018-789-8899. And you can tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you today whether Malaysia is a good country for kids to grow up in. We've had a whole bunch of responses, the vast majority of them focused on the education system, mm-hmm. with a couple of people talking about parents who are in their role um, in raising children, but also, I Safety? guess, in their decision of how many children to have. Safety as well was Safety another issue that was brought up. A lot of parents don't feel as though the kids are safe uh, here in Malaysia. That's right. We've got Joanne on the line. Uh, Joanne, you say it's all about family and upbringing. Yes. Tell yes. us more. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hey, so um, I, we, you had a segment uh, yesterday about Daniels, and I was one of, I, I'm one of them. So let's talk about where we are right now like Malaysia it's at its most diversified in every area in arts in um, technology we have got live shows happening everywhere on stages we have got stand-up comedies happening we have got BFM we are more advanced than a lot of countries I'm not talking I'm not going to talk about economic growth because that has got a lot to do with the government. It's probably a really sensitive issue to talk about. But we are where we are right now came from the people that has gone through the so-called graded education right. from Malaysia, correct? And yeah. we are doing well. Yeah. Am I not right? So I really do not think it's to do with the education. It is how we want to raise the kids to be like a well-balanced child. Happy know what is good and what is bad mm-hmm. and and therefore when they grow up to become older we, regardless of what education system they went through be it a private school a graded one a, some a singapore math or mm-hmm. whatever it is if they grow up to be well balanced child they would eventually find what is good for them and how they can contribute to the economy if necessary or they just want to you know find a path and just seek to be who they want to be so it does not really matter where the kid is growing up. It's not really to do with where the country is. It's how you want to raise the child. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your call. Um, I, I, I think she's right. Uh, I think she's absolutely right. I mean, you know, we phrased this kind of talk back around, I guess, Malaysia. And the reason we did that was we wanted to be all-encompassing, wanted to include everything, right? We didn't want to say... 
is our education system preparing children for sure. or our parents preparing children? For sure. And, you know, she's absolutely right in, in that, you know, it's so important to, to raise kids that know right from wrong. It's so important that adults practice, you know, their knowledge of, of, of right and wrong. Um, but whether or not that, you know, sets you in good stead by way of the realities of life. So in looking for a job, knowing knowing your right from wrong, well, where does that put you in today's world? Well, there is, I feel anyway, a need to have a balance. It is, but also I think one of her points that really resonates is that we've achieved a lot of this in spite of all of our shortcomings and failings, right? In mm. spite of our education system and maybe some of that has to do with the home environment and upbringing. Yeah, okay. We've got Asman on the line. Hey, Asman, you say it's a good place. Hello, hi. Hello. Hi. I, I believe Malaysia is a good place mm-hmm. to raise my, uh, our kids. <laughs> oh, and also, I, believe, I also support the earlier caller which uh, proposed or uh, encouraged uh, parents especially to take the initiative if other areas are beyond their control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, but, but although parents can take those initiatives, maybe it was just a short term, uh, they can achieve results, but it's not a, a comprehensive result. Maybe it will create some exceptional, uh, successful uh, future generation. But I will believe a better solution, for example, uh, improving in government policy, uh, let's say a mix of uh, maybe the, those policymakers, the ministers, a better, with those with a better background and better uh, mindset, and, and, and not just on education, on another area as well, like security. I, I still believe Malaysia is still a peaceful country, mm-hmm. uh, where, where there, there's been some deterioration of the security level in Malaysia since I was uh, younger, but still it's manageable. Uh, uh, we still can get, get it improved. Maybe in certain areas, we may need to, to be hit hard. For example, like the, the recent uh, Tafis fire, yes. uh, which led everybody... It's a wake-up uh, call. Yes, that's right. So those things, I, I, uh, of course, I do not hope those things happen again. But it means there are still chances, there are still hope for us to get improved. Well, it's not that everybody like just uh, turn the plan blind eyes, uh, even if that situation happened like that. Well, yeah. thank you, Osman, uh, and thank you for your call. And you know, uh, yes. He's right. I think there has been a deterioration probably since uh, the time he was younger, since the time we were younger. We could actually go out at night and, and play. play and yeah. not get into too much danger. No, there is that. But I think just, you know, I guess just listening to that, it's important, I think, to recognize that optimism and and hope is important to have, right? If you don't have people who think that way, then we're doomed. We really are. Well, then everyone will leave and there will be nothing left to save, right? I mean, the idea of optimism and hope is that it gives you the motivation to actually fix the wrongs of the world or the wrongs of your country as opposed to just resigning yourself to the fact that nothing will ever change. Yeah. Uh, we've got Robin on the line. Hey, Robin, you've got two points of view, uh, one from the parents and one from the child. Yeah, well, um, hi, Caroline Omar. Hello. Hi. Uh, I was just listening in and I realized that all the negative stuff, all the negative points um, actually relate to the parents because we have such high hopes. We want the best for our kids. So things like safety, education system, actually those are the parents' worries. The kids don't really care. Um, Good point. 
Yeah, because if you think about it, things like safety and education, like, okay, uh, are the kids safe? Uh, is our education doing enough? Um, I hate to say this, but that was the same issues when I was a kid. Um, I, I remember when we passed SPM and people were going like, oh, it doesn't really matter, you know, what you what you excel at in subjects. Because next thing you know, you would look at the college programs and look for business administration. It has got nothing to do with <laughs> what you got A's in. And, you know, when we were younger, our parents let us out for hours at a time. Nobody knew where we were. And, and we still heard stories about people kidnapping kids, even when I was young. Mm-hmm. But for our kids, um, you know, I tried to find ways on the weekends to entertain my kids without involving money, which is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Oh, it's very hard, Robin. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you but know. I love taking them to the park and taking them to the museums and, you know, letting them... So walk around uh, Datara Madeka and showing them the flagpole, and, and that's great for them. They're, they're happy. They're fine. Well, well, that's good to know, Robin, and thank you so much for your call. And uh, I think that's very important, right? Uh, we've got a whole bunch of grown-ups, because they're the ones who listen to us, uh, calling us and talking about, I guess, the problems we're facing as a country. But for most part, and when I track back to when I was a kid, which wasn't a very long time ago, uh, um, uh, I guess for the most part, I never concerned myself. I trusted the adults. Yeah. But but that's what it means to be a child, isn't it? So you throw that kind of caution to the wind because you don't know about the big bad world. Yeah, I'm just hoping yet. that you know best, and you know, as a parent, as a teacher, and you're doing the the absolute best thing, lah. Well, you, you just assume it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you know. But whether there's an active hope or so, no. you just kind of presume that it's happening. Yes. All right. Some messages that have come in. Uh, this one saying, "Yes, Malaysia is absolutely a great place to raise kids." This one would be proud to tell my kids how proud we are to live harmoniously with multiple races in one country. Cindy says, "After the call from Kenneth from the MOE and and hearing the ministry's direction, I feel hopeful for the future of young Malaysians." James says, "Malaysia would be a better place to raise your kids provided unity is achieved." Um, Mohammed Hisham. Mahmoud Hisham says, agreeing with Zach, children are a ziki and they're also responsibilities. So people can't just leave it to fate when you have the ability to control it. Um, this one saying, maybe the amount of work teachers are getting with the change in our education system needs to be um, addressed as well. We've also had a poll. That's right, on Twitter. On running on our Twitter page asking you whether or not Malaysia is a good country for children to grow up in. So far, we received 640 votes this evening with uh, 21%. Um, with a resounding yes, of course it is. Um, 18% saying, nope, get them out. Mm. And 61% saying, it's okay lah. It's okay lah. <laughs> Which, you know, let me tell you, is not a bad place to be. Yeah. If if you think about the world at large and everything that's going on, I'm happy with it's, it's okay, okay lah. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> folks, for your tweets, your texts, and of course, all of your phone calls. Uh, before we wrap up Talk Back Thursday, I just have this to say. Watch out for the big bad wolf. This is the Evening Edition on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.